Warning, some of the comments in the episode are sensitive and may offend some of our listeners. This episode contains explicit and graphic language not suitable for those under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. Before we start, small disclaimer, first set of episodes have been recorded in advance, so some news may not be as current. As we become more current, so will the news. Welcome aboard to the Flight Attendant Podcast. The seatbelt sign's on. It's going to be a rough ride. everyone welcome to the flight attendant podcast i'm millie and i'm b we're here to give you the news on the airline industry and talk about the glamorous life of a flight attendant or unglamorous before we get started today's episode will be focused on something that's very important to me and b which unfortunately has been made into a stigma which is mental health yeah it's uh it's a hard topic for us we we go through a lot So let's get started. In recent news, a newborn baby will get an early taste of what it's like to navigate the fine print and airlines agreement. A woman gave birth in Egypt Air going from Cairo to London last week. Company said her child would receive free flights for life. It's nice. I'm probably going to butcher her name. (laughs) (laughs) But she don't kind of sound... Ham Nazar Naji Daban is probably wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Was reportedly going into labor mid-flight, prompting the pilot to do an emergency landing in German airspace. The child was delivered before touching down in Munich. It is unclear as if it's only flights to Munich or actual flights going anywhere out of Cairo. That'd be interesting. I mean, now is he con- so since he they were in the air when he was born, mm-hmm. he is going to be a um, Egypt. I don't know what those are deemed. Honestly, I think it's deemed <laughs> whatever airspace you're in. Well, if, if if isn't it like if you are if you de- actually it would depend on the airline, right? So yes. if you're an Egyptian airline. You would be an Egyptian citizen, or I don't know. Is I don't know what what they would what kind of. I'm so sorry. I'm like showing my ignorance I, right now. I don't know either. <laughs> um, or would they be a German citizen because they were landing in Germany? I would think it's. I think it just goes by airspace. I'm not entirely sure, but okay. I think to what I've read previously on others, such as like what happened with like. I think it happened twice on Spirit. Like they had two babies back to back and it's by the area space that they had those children. That's where they're from. America. Right, right, right. Because I do, I remember a long time ago reading uh, about a, a passenger that delivered a baby in flight to the U.S., but they were both sent back because... He didn't have paperwork. Right. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? And this is a baby born. <laughs> I don't remember where they were coming from. Um, I just know that they were both sent back. 
which is kind of stupid because like it's That's a baby sad. was just born it's, and he's born i need to go to a hospital exactly <laughs> which is another thing that we do if you are not if you're not aware of we do know how to deliver babies exactly flight attendants are trained to deliver babies as to the doctor way no not entirely for sure but we do have it in our manuals if it does happen <laughs> obviously it's very traumatic afterwards <laughs> but <laughs> i think i would need a, at least you could say i delivered a baby on my flight <laughs> <laughs> i think i would need at least one drink and a day off <laughs> add it to the resume <laughs> delivering babies <laughs> In other news. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to keep it light as, you know, since we just delivered a baby. Uh, So Qantas is is having a flight to nowhere. Uh, Yeah, so... So, because, you know, everybody's at home and nobody's going anywhere, they decided to do, like, a sightseeing flight. It's seven hours long. So, they bored. Yes. No, (laughs) thank you. So, it's a seven-hour scenic flight. And then it will perform a giant loop taking in Queensland, the Gold Coast, New South Wales, and the country's remote outback heartlands. So they're going to be able to see some Aussie attractions such as the Sydney Harbor and the Great Barrier Reef. And the jet will do a fly, a low flyover over certain landmarks, including Uluru and Bondi Beach, which is cool. So it's a, it's going to be on a Boeing 787 Dreamliner. And supposedly, they're also going to have a surprise celebrity host on the flight. And to top it all, yeah, so to top it all off, it sold out in 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so people clearly, they miss flying. So Qantas announced that they were going to have this seven-hour scenic flight. So it's going to, uh, it's, it's essentially flying out of and into the same um this into the same into the same airport i don't know why i can't speak right now (laughs) so it's you know it's cool it's gonna board it's funny because like people already get irritated enough when the pilots try to do the scenic thing so like right. I can't begin to imagine like how it's going to be with the pilot talking like that's the barrier reef that's the Sydney needles like you know how <laughs> they're going to react to this are they going to be like shut up or then like ninety percent of the people just go to sleep me like me if I'm not working I'm going to sleep <laughs> right exactly imagine the seven hours you fo- well, you sleep for like four of them <laughs> right they're like am I am I back home yet um so i mean they're gonna have a celebrity host so i'm assuming they're gonna have some sort of in-flight entertainment uh but it's gonna depart sydney domestic airport on the 10th of october and it's gonna return to the same airport seven hours oh, later cool. they had a, only a hundred <laughs> right they had 134 tickets on sale and they had business class premium economy and economy costing anywhere from 787 to 3,787 Australian dollars. I know, right? Uh, Which is about 566 to 2,700 US dollars. 
I mean, it's a it's a it's a costly ride for seven hours going just around the country to come back home and sleep in the same in your bed on the same night. <laughs> so, that's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, kudos to those who uh, who can take that flight. You know, for real. Like we could, we barely were able to take our flight to Italy. <laughs> without losing our minds right exactly (laughs) pulling my hair it's like i'm trying to sleep go away (laughs) in more news new hampshire mom kick got kicked off flight after toddler refused to wear mask demands apology from american airlines a woman from portsmouth was forced off her flight home because her two-year-old did not want to wear his mask rachel davis said she was in tears when she tried to get her son, Lion, to wear his mask, while airline staff threatened to remove them from the flight from Charlotte last week. She said that they deplaned the aircraft and reboarded without her and her son. She said she begged him, bribed him, pleaded with him. I did everything I could while he was screaming. She posted a photo on Instagram along with that post, saying that she was given a complimentary flight four hours later and on another American flight. She said that she had flown three other airlines that week and no one had seen to give her issues about him not wearing a mask. She said she was in row 19 when the FA approached her about her son's mask. She overheard the FA on the phone clearly say, it's clear that these are going. this is going to be an issue and a problem. I'm going to need you to come down. She said the agents came down, and I'm basically borderline suffocating my kid because they had me in such a position. She begged the staff to reconsider, and they deferred it to the captain, who decided against her to stay. Davis said that she had been contacted by AA and has held off speaking to them while she contacts a lawyer. She wants a formal apology for how she was treated and alleges that the airline policy is unreasonable, given how difficult it is to control children. Now, as me and both, both of us, we agree, some parents can't parent their children. We both agree on that. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I hate it when people, well, parents are like, can you tell them to put their seatbelt on? I'm sorry. I'm not the parent. And to top it off, you're now teaching your child to listen to strangers instead of you. Exactly. But with this, honestly, with this one, I truly believe because we're more lenient with children. Like Mm -hmm. we would tell the parents like, yeah, we get it's a policy and you have to follow by policy. But like we also try to give them that leeway. Like, can you fake this or the meantime, or at least so people can see that I did my job in telling you what to do. Like, just cover them with a blanket or something. You don't have to suffocate them like she said she was doing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Girl, what? Do, do we need to contact Child Protection Services if you borderline suffocated your child? Are you right. kidding? No. Oh, God. Why are, I don't understand why parents. And I understand some kids, you know, are are not they're assholes let's 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 agree kids can be right we agree with that (laughs) but but 
at the end of the day, it's the parent's responsibility. It's not your flight attendant's responsibility to parent your child. It's not your neighbors. It's not your teachers. It's you. You are responsible for educating your child and how they act while in public. I remember my mom would be, my mom would like literally look at me and give me like the death stare if I stepped one foot outside of the line where I was supposed to. Same. My mom would do the same with me. And not just that, but like for it to lead to that situation where the captain was like, nah, you got to go. She had had to said other things to that flight crew, because if you were just to give us like a small issue, we'll let it go. But unless if you like threaten us or say inappropriate things to us, that's where we're like, nah, you're not going. You're getting off this plane. We're making you get off this plane. And that's that. You know, so I definitely feel like as if in this situation, I feel like she probably said certain things to the flight attendants, which were incorrect and not nice. And that's where they're like, you got to go. So um, I'm just going to finish on a super light note. It's going to get a little bit heavy right now. But like back in the 1890s, Native American remains and funerary objects were removed from their graves in Colorado. And, you know, they ended up in all sorts of part of the world, but part of it ended up in the National Museum of Finland and Helinski. Well, American Airlines, um, they are doing, I can't say this word, so bear with me, repatriation, repatriation, repatriation. That sounds like a bad word, but okay. (laughs) No, no, it's like, no, it's when they're bringing the remains, so they're bringing the remains back to Colorado from Mm -hmm. Finland to be able to, for them to be reburied in their, you know, in where they're supposed to be. Repatriation, repatriation flights. That's what it is, repatriation flights. So, you know, a lot of people think that, yeah, so a lot of people think that repatriation flights are only to, you know, bring back citizens to their country. But, you know, their American Airlines is bringing back those, um, those remains of, Native Americans back to the Mesa Verde National Park, which is so nice. I feel like, first of all, we shouldn't ever disturb any grave for anybody, especially for Native Americans that suffered so much in this country. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I would want to work that flight because uh, I don't want to see no shadows or anything. Because, you know, <laughs> as we all know, Indian barrels are not or Indian burials are uh, not to be messed with. So right. if been messed with, they don't know where your intentions are. No, I'm not about that voodoo doo-doo. No, 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 not me. Well, I, f- I feel like they would know that you're not trying to disturb them anymore. You're trying to bring them home where they're supposed to be. First of all, I don't even know I why they were so. disturbed, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't make my plane go crashing because I'm trying to bring you back to where you need to be. <laughs> Exactly. You know, so they're they're going to be back home. And it's and it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot more of these flights. So that's a good thing. You know, everybody getting back to what we're supposed to be. Hey, Millie, did you know that the first flight attendant was male? What? No way. Yeah. So flight attendants uh, were male to start out with in 1912. Hendrik. Cubis became the first flight attendant in history when he served passengers on the German airline Delag. So um, this was back in 1912, before flight attendants ever had to be nurses or unmarried. 
and, um, you know, un- unwed and without children. Um, That's crazy. Isn't it? And so I had then- thought. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I had thought that you had to be a nurse first and then you became a flight attendant. No, no. So back then, um, it's, I, I really didn't find it, but back then it had said that the first officer was the one that would interact with the passengers when, you know, air, when airline travel first started, oh, what? but then in 19- <laughs> a pilot interact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then in 1912, Cubis was the first flight attendant. And so after that, it just kind of became that, um, the like men or not men or yeah men or sons of um connected individuals would be the ones attending the flights because back then mostly they were business people or you know dignitaries Mm. um you know so they they had to have connections in order to be in here but cubas also performed the first evacuation in 1937 oh wow yeah, when the Zeppelin, the Hindenburg's dining room, uh, when the when the ship burns burst into flame in uh, in May sixth of nineteen thirty seven, so he's the one that encouraged all the passengers and crew to jump from the windows, and then at the end he jumped his, himself to safety, which I thought wow. was really cool. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and then when passenger air travel began in the early nineteen twenties, they they were called couriers and they were the, and that's what I said. They were the son, they were often the sons of businessmen who financed the airlines. So, I mean, you know, nepotism at the, at its best. For sure. Um, Why not? No. <laughs> As we started in life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then in 1982 was uh, the Daimler airways. They hired the cabin boys and this was uh the job to assist the passengers by handing out leather steamer rugs, hot water bottles, and cotton earplugs. And then they reassured the passengers during the flight and helped them during landing and disembarking the aircraft. But the first flight attendant, um, female flight attendant, on May 15, 1930, Ellen Church, a registered nurse, was the first appointed American senior flight attendant. And then she operated a flight with 11 passengers on board the aircraft flying from San Francisco to Cheyenne. Um, And then this is where some of the different duties included winding the clock in the cockpit, which I didn't know that. (laughs) You wind the clock in the cockpit? How? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) She would also kill the flies after takeoff. And then... (laughs) This is kind of, she killed the fly. Right. And then she also prevented the passengers from throwing cigarette stumps out of the windows. I'm assuming these are small airplanes where like the I, they better be small airplanes. I'd be concerned if they're the airplanes at now. How did you throw it out the window? Wait, did you think they're at 35,000 feet? I'm confused. Oh, uh, and she also supposedly clean the passenger shoes if necessary <laughs> oh, hell no 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 <laughs> but so we move forward to 1930 boeing air transport hired the eight women flight attendants historically known as the original eight and then by the late 1930s united hired stewardesses or female helpers 
uh, that were registered nurse. Nurse, nurses, Nur- registered nurses. Yes. I'm good with my plurals. Registered <laughs> nurses. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's where like the, you know, the whole stigma of the flight attendants being nurses yeah. and, you know, unwed single women and they actually also had a cap so um and you have to be like no older than like 34 35 to be a right like right they would you hit your 35 you're considered old grounded yeah and you're grounded you're like no more um but that's when the stewardesses also were, you know, they're treated poorly by male passengers groping pinching and patting their butts because you know which they still do nowadays (laughs) yeah Uh, freaking poking the poking the poking oh god that drives me up hello so initially the airlines require the stewardesses to take an oath that they would not marry or have children can you imagine if that were today god that would be so horrible me personally i i would meet the critica because i don't think in any of that right now i'm too young i believe but like eventually like yeah if i wanted to do those things by 35 i would have been like what the hell right right so i mean i i definitely would not meet that criteria anymore (laughs) well i have one more year one more year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you look and younger then, than your age okay I, I do i got 20 i got 21 22 the other day i was yes i get the same i'm like what you think i'm 21 oh thank you <laughs> often they're like i thought you were jo- younger than me i'm like how old are you they're like 25 i'm like oh no honey i do not want to be 25 again <laughs> i do remember when you told me your age i was like what you're kidding no way (laughs) i didn't believe you for like three days (laughs) you're like show me your passport so in 1945 the flight attendants founded the present day association of flight attendants union but at the time it was called airline stewardess association also known as alsa so i mean our afa union has been since the four you know since 1945 we're part of a great union. Wow, that's awesome. But remember, yeah. not everyone has a union either. So No, true. Yeah. So in the 50s, more airlines added ages clauses to contracts for flight attendants as the profession grew into a symbol of sophistication and glamour. Can you imagine? I would actually love to be a flight attendant, not from like a groping, getting, you know, assaulted kind of way, but like just to see everybody come on with their best you know dress suit yeah it was like sunday's best dress type of right yeah and then so in 1956 the flight attendants were granted at age 32 so i definitely would not be flying anymore at this point i would have two more years one more year one more year my birthday is very soon So the, so the female flight attendants were grounded at 32, but the male flight attendants were allowed to fly until they reached their 60s. So if that is this. What is grandpapa going to do for me? And I'm not like bashing our older flight attendants, but like, no. that's not fair. Exactly. If, if the men can do it, the women can definitely do it. Um, and then, um, so in 1967, 
TWA accepted fewer than 3% of its applicants, which is a lower acceptance rate than Harvard University. Isn't that, like, that's, to me, it's baffling that, I mean, everybody wanted to be a flight. Yeah. Yeah, everybody wanted to be a flight attendant back in those days. I mean, I I still still do, though. They still do. I I still feel like they still do, because, like, I hear all these people going through these interview processes and just, like, not making the cut, and it takes people, like, maybe more than 20 times to finally become part of the industry. Right. So, I mean, I wanted to be, when I was two, I took my one of my first flights and that's when I wanted, I told my mom, I was like, I want to be a flight attendant when I'm, when I'm older. <laughs> and, and 20 days, I mean, sorry, not 20 days, 20 years later, I became a flight attendant. That's cute. I've always wanted to be a pilot, but then I realized how much responsibility is in there. And I was like, nope, I'll play flight well, attendant. We, I understand. They do lead? Help. No, I don't. <laughs> I'll be in the back. <laughs> I'm always in the bag. <laughs> Go to your corner, Millie. Go to your corner. Always. Always. Every time we fly, you're up front and I'm in the back. That's the ground rule. <laughs> so in 1978, U.S. federal law deregulated the airline industry, removing the federal government control overseas, or I'm sorry, over areas such as fares, routes, and market entry of new airlines. So that's when it expanded a little more for more flight attendants to be able to come into the industry. And then it also changed the word from a stewardess to flight attendant because it became more gender neutral. Yeah, I hate the word stewardess. I don't know. It's like one of those words. It's like one of those cringy words. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like it. when we're talking between us, it's like, oh, you know, like our fellows do our fe- you know, but it's because it's us. It's like when you're calling out your family, but exactly. if somebody else calls out your family, uh-uh, I'm going to go after you. <laughs> exactly. That's like with every airline, like when one right. airline calls out the other, they all attack each other. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then in 1980 was when the flight attendants, uh, the structure, the age structure changed since then. So while flight attendants were younger than the overall U.S. workforce, they are now older. So in in 1980, they were, most of them were like 32 and younger, but now it's 45 and older. And that is like nearly 22% of um, so nearly 22% of our flight attendant force workforce is 55 and older. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um, but yeah, so, you know, apart from getting groped and poked and accosted and anything else you can think of, yelled at for not wearing the right shade of lipstick by <laughs> anyone. There are other health risks to being a flight attendant, um, health risks, uh, health risks, mental health uh, risk. So not only are we, you know, we have the cabin environment, uh, we have poor air quality, we get cosmic ionizing radiation, and flight attendants are high, have higher rates of several types of can- cancer than the general population. So we also have smoking, obesity, high blood pressure, uh, disease of the heart and lungs. I mean, so there's all all of these things that we have going on for ourselves. We don't get enough sleep. We're fatigued. Our mental health suffers. We um, also, it's it's just a, a lot of things. 
that we have higher rates of in and than any than any other industry because of the poor quality of life that we sometimes suffer if we're not senior mamas who can have every weekend off or do turns. Um, some of our, <laughs> you know, we have workplace harassment, we have abuse, everything, everything. Um, so, Millie, have you suffered any mental health issues yourself? Um. I won't deny during this job, there's been times where all that negativity that we are embedded during training and um, everything going on in my life, it has uh, gotten to me. Um, there was a point in time where I felt the loneliest I've ever felt in my life, being away from family for a long period of time, being away from my friends, you know, um, it did affect me mentally that I will say. Um, and I can't begin to imagine how my life would be if I didn't have you or people that actually cared and reached out to me during that time, especially now during a pandemic. Like I can't begin to imagine like what some people are going through, which leads us into today's topic, mental health. I feel like this is something that we must talk about uh, because it's something that affects, back to what you were saying, it affects all of us in the airline industry. Um, I think mental health is so important and um, this job can be extremely lonely. And but again, you constantly have to think of bad situations that eventually affect you. First and foremost, it's okay to not be okay. Your brain tells you what to feel. You're only human. But although you might feel like your back's up against the wall, know that there are multiple people here for you. So that being said, how about you? Have you had any time that you felt it affected you mentally? Not necessarily mentally that I, that I you know, as far as depression goes, because thankfully I do have like a really good support system. But it did affect me uh, in my, it did affect my brain. So last year I did get a lot of MRIs done, x-rays. I had a lot of tests done just because I felt that I was, so I was physically fatigued, but I also was mm -hmm. slurring my speech. I was, for, I was like, forgetting things. So memory loss was a big thing. I would trip over what my words were saying so not only was I like lagging in my speech but I was also tripping over what I wanted to say mm -hmm. I kind of like I kind of had to look back step back and relearn how to speak slower so that I wouldn't so that my brain wouldn't be working faster than what I was speaking and then so I had to have an MRI and I had some memory loss tests done um, and just kind of I had to step back from flying the amount of hours that I was flying. It really did affect me. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine like, again, back to what I said earlier. Um, uh, I'm truly blessed to have met you five years ago, <laughs> although we fought <laughs> like always. always. I am so blessed to have you because it did get to a point where I dreaded waking up going to work like I hated it and I no longer enjoyed a career that I worked so hard for like not everyone can get this job and it's so difficult to get this job like 
So um, it was a place that was very dark and lonely. And the sad thing is, because it's a place that's very sad and lonely, not a lot of people can pull through because not a lot of people have that support. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard to find that support within the industry as well. You and I have been very lucky. And even our friends in our little small group are, we're all very lucky because yeah. we can all reach out to each other. We can all talk to each other, but a lot of flight attendants don't, aren't able to find that kind of friendship in the industry. Exactly. Because you don't know who to trust either because I personally compare it to high school. <laughs> It's sad, but I personally compare it to high school because if you don't have like that socialism in you, you're not going to do well with your fellow coworkers. Like that's you're definitely, definitely not. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some stats and some things that we know um, as an overall thing of mental health um, in order for people to stop the stigma they need to understand mental health. I feel that they need to be educated about it and, and how it impacts your life, your quality of life, like our passions, relationship, and experience. Um, the best way that we can explain this is if someone gave you a bottle of like soda, let's say, and all these things start coming, like experiences from all aspects of life, it shakes the bottle. Now, in order for you to open the bottle, you have to release the pressure slowly, right? Or else it just explodes. So that's how we can like consider mental health. Like people bottle everything up. And if they don't have someone to go to or talk to, to release all this pressure in them, it can lead to an explosion. And it's, it's kind of sad because we invest such a great deal about physical health. Like if you break your leg, what do you do? You call 911, you know what to do. But like if you suddenly feel lonely or you feel like you want to do something else with yourself, like not everyone knows the suicide hotline. Not everyone knows that there's like counselors out there that are just like willing to talk to you as soon as you message them. Like not everyone knows that like therapy in fact is actually very good for you, especially for you as a flight attendant, because again, it goes back to all the whole things that we have to go through and that negative energy that we constantly receive. Right. And it's not, it's not, and it's not something physical. Like you said, it's, it's mental. So nobody sees it. It's, it's not visible. Yeah. And the sad thing about this is that um, in statistics overall, not just flight attendants, statistics, suicide completion rates have surged to a 30 year high on average, 132 people complete suicide a day in the U S totaling over 48,180 completions a year. Globally, that number climbs to over 800,000 completions a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I, that, that's a really big figure. I didn't know. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot. If you don't know how to release any of your emotions, they're going to end up in, you know, you're going to end up 
trying to hurt yourself or, or, you know, succeeding at hurting yourself. Exactly. And, and it sucks that a lot of at, throughout the whole world, not just the airline industry, that a lot of people feel that they can't reach out to someone because they don't think no one is going to understand. Or no one's going to listen. That's right. the other part. Or they're going to be judged for the way that they feel or the way that they think, you know? And right. as we know, nobody likes to be judged. Um, that's one of our biggest issues as human beings. Like, I don't want you to judge me. Because if right. you judge me, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Right, right. And, even, and it's not, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, I feel like us as a society shouldn't build that stigma of mm -hmm. like you're doing something wrong if you're not fulfilling to your, if you're not, you know, living up to your potential. You don't know what's going on through somebody's innermost thoughts or, you know, personal life. So, there it's there's no reason for us to judge and i feel like for me at least this past year it's gotten more of me having to take a step back and really think do i really want to be here do i like is this something i i'm still continuing to do i you know still yeah. love continuing to do and i have to make sure that in those moments in those rash moments i'm just like oh what is that girl wearing or like why is she acting you know like that person acting like this I'm like, nope, be like, hold on. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know why they're reacting that the way that they are. Exactly. So we just kind of have to make sure and be aware that us as a society aren't pushing that one. You know, you don't know if, if that person's already going through something and then something you say as innocent as can be could push them over the edge or you don't know exactly. if if something that you say will help them, you know, reel back in because you were kind or you said something nice to them or you just kind of reached out. Yeah, I've literally um, have had situations and like this is just in general, not pertaining to mental health, but like I've had had situations where I've had people come on board crying and like I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, are you OK? Like. And, you know, and I've gotten such like really nice notes back, like for them being like thankful, like thankful of me being like concerned or just there to hear them out because they are just having such a tough time, you know, because not only do we do all these things, but we're actually there to listen because at the end of the day, if we're going to hurt yourself, we have to stop you from hurting yourself in the airport on our planes, like, because you hurting yourself might lead to hurting others and that's not okay. You know, it's, so, definitely, um, not, it's definitely not okay. I mean, you know, we, we're in the service industry and we're safety professionals. So we definitely one want to get you to your destination and two want to get you there safely. So it's part of our job and it's in our nature. And if we didn't love what we do, we wouldn't be doing it. Exactly. But going back to us as flight attendants, what a lot of people don't seem to know, going back to that whole letter that the American flight attendant got, a lot of people don't really know the exact amount of stress that we have. Like the CDC themselves has said that airline crew members suffer from three types of stress, which are acute stress, chronic stress, and traumatic incident stress. Which I can say, within the last five years of flying, I've experienced all three. Like, 
it's it's insane to me you know because it just comes with that negative energy like when you're taking off you have to think what do i do when my plane goes crashing down like every day you have to wake up every flight you have to think what are you going to do in this scenario if the plane crashes how are you going to save everybody then we also have to deal with the amount of racism that's just now been coming up recently like being on like walking on eggshells and being careful what you say because now anything can be turned on you as like a negative thing when you don't mean it that way you know and then right it's just at, you got your problems at home dealing with every, all of that like it becomes very overwhelming so overwhelming it's it's not it's not good you know um harvard did this flight attendant health study part of it was the fatigue sleep and mental state of the flight attendants and they have found that an increased prevalence of adverse sleep and mental health outcomes such as anxiety depression and alcohol abuse among flight attendants i mean i know that i love drinking and my mom has said in the past, <laughs> my mom has said in the past, it's like, cause when my, you know, when my siblings would live with us, if I leave, if I left any alcohol out, cause we're all over the age of 21, um, my alcohol would be gone. And so I started putting it in my closet and my mom, she went on one of her cleaning sprees and, you know, she found it and she goes like, do we need to have a conversation? And I was like, no mom, I don't like drinking alone. And I feel like that's part of it. Like a lot of flight attendants, do want to drink yeah. every layover it's just and they, and they don't mind right and it does and they don't mind drinking alone okay. i for me see it as a, as a more social mm-hmm. aspect so for me i told her i was like mom i just want it there because i don't want my alcohol getting stolen but um so the risk factors for our mental health include extended and irregular working hours sexual harassment and lack of employer protections for occupational hazards and then the other, another story reported elevated rates of suicide among crew cabin. So sleep disorders, including circadian rhythm disruption, have been associated with diverse mental outcomes, including ideation, suicide attempts, and suicide deaths. And then an Italian mortality study on commercial flight crew found an increased risk for health by suicide among uh, female flight attendants. This was also seen in male cockpit crew, so the flight deck, um, the pilots, but it's to a lesser extent. We were talking about, you know, you were saying earlier that you wanted to be a pilot. Yeah, they do have a lot more on their heads as far as, you know, the aircraft, but we're the ones dealing with the public. We get more of you. They don't deal with people. Right. No one's, you know, like they don't see what we go through. They get, they do, I feel, I don't I don't know. I think they, I mean, they obviously go through more training because they have to go to school and they have to do a lot, but our information is just as important and it's crammed to us in a such less amount of time than theirs. So not only do we have to worry about trying to learn all the different aircrafts that we fly, we also have to worry about evacuating an aircraft in 90 seconds. Yeah. That one day of nothing but plane crashes. That shit was dramatic. <laughs> I remember I was sitting there and I was like, do I really want to be a flight attendant? Like, this is scary. Like, I literally, they're like, you have to, you have to review it in your head every single flight. Like, do I really want to imagine, like, 
me dying that quickly in an emergency. Like, I don't think that's what I want to do anymore, you know? And, you know, I have, whenever I'm sitting there in my jump seat about to take off and I'm going through all my evacuation commands, I never, I think maybe in my 12 years of flying, have really only thought about the mortality, my mortality, twice, maybe three times, because I, I, feel, I feel very safe when I am flying. Same, the one, me too. The, the one time when I don't feel safe is when somebody's threatening my life because I'm asking them to wear a mask or because I'm asking them to wear a seatbelt or because I'm like, I tell them, I'm sorry, I can no longer serve you alcohol. God, like how I had that one lady have a mental breakdown in the back. Oh, my God. Like, I literally thought the plane was going to go down with that lady. Like, that, it's, it's, it's traumatic. And, like, the good thing, like, the good, what I say is, like, the good thing about, like, now an age where we have people recording everything, like, you guys now start to see, like, what's going on. But at the same time, you're not seeing what's going on since the first word was said. You're only seeing the aftermath. You're so like, you're only seeing one side of the story. You're not seeing both because I, I will say, although I had that situation happen on my flight, I've yet to see it on the internet. But like, I remember like when everyone was pulling out their phone, I was like, stop. Like, you don't know what's wrong with this person. Like, I need you to pay attention because you guys are going to save each other because I'm too busy trying to stop this person from doing what she's doing. Right. You know? And wait, I mean, maybe your situations just haven't gone viral yet. It's fine. It's OK. I You'll get your I really don't want to. Like at the end, I was still telling guys, I was still telling the three people that were helping me in the situation. Don't hurt her. <laughs> right. I mean, it was scary. It was very traumatic. And then after that, mentally, I was not okay. Like, all the adrenaline came out, and I wasn't okay. And then, so, like, that's why I strongly feel like we, once things like that happen, you should talk about it. Don't bottle it up. Definitely go out and talk, you know? And then going back to what you were saying with the whole, um, I also read what you said that uh, the suicide rate for, female flight attendants, it's a lot higher than male flight attendants, which uh, goes into the whole previous stuff that we talked about in our last episode with the missing persons. A lot of these flight attendants, unfortunately, go missing, and sometimes they are found, but when they are found, unfortunately, it, it's a suicide situation. Right, and it's, it's, you know, it's sad that we aren't able or there isn't enough checks and balances available out there for everyone because one life lost is sad it's you know tragedy but one life lost because they couldn't find or they weren't able to get the help that they needed is even more of a tragedy yeah i mean it also it all boils down to your community because if it's a community that is aware of this and is trying to get rid of this stigma um there is help all over, you know, which we'll talk about later, but um, going into the whole stories thing of uh, our previous brothers and sisters, may they rest in peace. You know, um, I did find that again, what you said is true. Um, There was a woman who just recently passed away in March. Um, 
Her name is Catherine. She worked for Southwest Airlines on March 7th, 2020. The 33-year-old died Saturday after jumping off the 17th floor of the Sheridan Birmingham Hotel in Alabama. Authorities say that other guests at the hotel notified security about her acting erratically and threw her phone over a balcony wall. Security found her and they tried to talk to her when she ran and jumped over the balcony wall. Oh, you know, it's that's yeah. That's really sad to hear. It is. That's very sad. It is. I, I actually, I hadn't heard of that one. Um, it's really, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. You know, how do you react to something? There's like nothing that? you can't say. You can't react. I mean, to what I've learned, if people try to be there for you and hear you out, you'll be able to work your way out, you know? But if, if you feel like you don't have anyone, then there's no hope, you know, sadly, sadly, it leads to that situation, which should, it shouldn't be that way. Because again, it goes back to your community. If your community makes it seem like such a heavy stigma, you're literally going to feel like you have no one out there for you. Right. I mean, like you, it seems that every, every um, story that I found about flight attendants take, taking their own life has been jumpings and you thought you said you found the same too, right? Oh yeah. She, she jumped off the building. Right. Yeah. So, I, I realized that like uh, a lot of them, a lot of them jump off, yeah. which is something interesting to look at. It, right. You know? I mean, I, I would relate it. I would ahead. relate it to like, um, us being in the air and like, mm-hmm wanting to soar but like you know what i mean like i don't know we don't know but it is very interesting that a lot of these are just jumping situations right i found or i don't know if you remember um the emirates flight attendant that jumped from the aircraft did so she so this was in 2018 and so it was a boeing 777 and they were doing a turn from um from Dubai so when they had when they arrived in Uganda um, they had they were parked at the gate and while they were waiting to you know they were cleaning the plane and getting it ready for for um, boarding and then taking off the flight attendant grabbed a glass bottle and held it under her chin and then she opened up one of the exit, you know, from the, from the mid cabin exit went, uh, yeah. doors and she just pretty much jumped off and then her knees were shattered and the body was cut up with broken glass from the bottle that she jumped with. So, Poor girl. yeah. So it, you know, they, they don't really don't know what happened. They, she didn't say anything. Um, but I'm assuming, and I, or me, and maybe I'm wrong that it had to do a lot with the stress that they go through because um, I mean, in Asia and, and even, and in, I think feel like Dubai is the most strictest yeah. in for air, you know, for airline crew um, that, you know, they can't be over a certain age. They still have those stigmas. They can't be over a certain age. They have to be certain weight or look a certain way. 
They can't yeah, go can't anywhere. Like five pounds of what your original weight was. Right, right. So you know, it's a lot of stress to put on a to put on a cabin crew. You you're already stressed about having to having to do everything that you're supposed to, and now you have to be stressed about the way you look, the way you dress, the way your makeup is, and the way you even do your hair. You know. Emirates. Yeah, they even have classes for that. Like they have classes in their training for that. That's insane to me. Right, right. So, you know, that's another one that I found and it's very heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, any situation such as this is very heartbreaking. Um, but we have to hear it. We have to hear it. In order to see like how bad this is, we have to hear it out. You know? And um, another story is a 52-year-old American flight attendant um, with Delta Airlines was found dead in her hotel room at the Taj Mahal Palace and Tower in, you know me, Coloba. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I really hate that I can't pronounce. I always have to find the most difficult word to pronounce. <laughs> Area of Mumbai. Um Marilyn Dustin was in room 311 wrapped in a shower curtain. There was bloodstains on the floor and a wound on the back of her head. That was a result of the fall. It is said to believe that she hung herself with the shower curtain at 9.30 p.m. on Wednesday. She had told colleagues that she was going to request a midnight wake-up call after she decided to take a nap. When the call did not get a response, um, after a while, they notified police to go check her room. Police found her in three sheets of paper where they had been torn. And one of them said, dear mom, you have taught me values, but. And then another part of the note was about a man named Mike at JFK Airport and how he was trying to end a relationship. So as to it being a relationship that she had with him, it is unclear. But those are the things that, you know, uh, that were there. And she left a note, leaving a note. We all know that when you leave a note, it's because you're still trying to reach out, you know. Right. I'm sorry if you heard my cat. He me out next. It's okay. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, it's sad that, you know, People go unheard. I feel they like do. we keep repeating. I feel like we keep repeating ourselves about people being unheard, people not finding the right help. But but it's, it's because, because it's the truth. It is. It's true, and it's something we all need to come into realization with. Which also, I do love that within the flight attendants, um, it's known for us to do these type of things. So we right. have things in the union, such as like the hotline for people to hear you out in the union or even work. They have a hotline for us to call if we feel like we're not okay, you know? So that's what I do appreciate. Like they know that this is an issue. And although they're like, we overstress you and they're not fixing that part, they still have some type of help. And then the last one that I found, it's a 30 year, a 39 year old flight attendant who committed suicide, and this was allegedly due to a dowry harassment. 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 So a 30, yes. <laughs> Don't give me that look. 
Okay, so a 39-year-old flight attendant allegedly committed suicide after jumping off from the terrace of her residence in Delhi's house cost. Uh, they, they are reporting that she, her name is Anisia Bartra, that she was working with the German airline. And the reports say that the air hostess, even in this day and age, we're still referred to as air hostess. Why? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Jumped off from the terrace of her house on Friday evening and that her husband rushed her to a nearby hospital, but she was declared brought dead. Her family, Aww. I know, isn't it so sad? Her family has alleged that she was harassed for a dowry. So the woman had been married for over two years and used to live with her husband in house costs. But before jumping the terrace, she reportedly sent a message to her husband informing him that she was going to take an extreme step. Her husband is a software engineer and told police that they had regular fights as there were compatibility, com compatibility issues and that they had an argument on the ill-fated day. So this doesn't sound like it was from, you know, a, from depression or mental state, but she was having issues at home, which added to her stress from work, stress from exactly. work. It's, it, you know, it, it's still the person you can't, even if you can separate yourself from your home situation while you're at work, it's still bringing you down. It's, you know, it, it's still it affecting does. you. It affects your whole mood. Like they tell us all the time, leave your problems at home, but it's hard because you're never home. Home is literally on this damn plane. Like right. all of us, we pay for places that we don't even live in. Like, I'm literally paying rent in Chicago just to have a place. Like I don't even live there from the amount of hours that I work. So yeah, I mean that's I mean that's why I moved that's why I moved back home because I'm not I was paying rent in Chicago. I'm paying stuff here where I live now. So it's not you know I, I wasn't there. I wasn't here. I was constantly working and finding time to you know hang out with my mom, hang out with my boyfriend, you know find time for my other loved ones, you and my other best friend. It was, it was just getting too much. So I was able to move back home, work less hours, spend more time with my boyfriend, spend more time with you, spend more time with my mom. And it's, it's worked out. It's a nice balance now, but not everybody is this lucky. Exactly. Not, not everybody but, can do that. I mean, your parents are in Florida. So, you know, my mom is in Indiana. We're all over the place. Oh God. I can't even begin to, uh. I remember just at one point in time where like I would travel to Florida to see my parents and I would travel to Seattle to go see someone I was I was with at that time. And then I would come home, change, grab my stuff and then go back to work like I was never literally home. Now, um, thankfully, I have someone here and I don't have to travel till four hours out on a plane you know, and it's like, it's easier. Now I can just say, okay, I'm going to go see my family and that's it. Like, I don't have to go anywhere else. You right. know? And people aren't that lucky to do that. And that's right. where it becomes an issue at work. Right. Not per se an issue, but it just, it becomes harder on you and more stress. Exactly. And it's, um, it's unwanted stress. Like who wants to go to work all stressed out already and then be told leave your stuff out you know leave your problems at home you can't or be told you like oh that. you'll be fine like, right no no i'm not like hear me out please right you know exactly exactly but that's what i also love about us 
Uh, I love that. Like, at least within our little base, we're all very like talk to each other. Like we're not clickish. We're not like everyone picks and chooses. Like we're all like really like, Hey, are you okay? How have you been? Like what's been going on? Like, do you want to talk about it? Like, do you want to talk about what's going on? Like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, do you want to be heard? You know, we're all like that in our base. And I truly appreciate that because like you literally talk to some stranger and tell them your life story and they're not going to judge you. You know, I mean, those are those, you know, jump seat confessionals. I'm like, Hey, how you been? Well, let me Literally. tell you. <laughs> or you so like, me and my husband. <laughs> or you just met the person. It's like, can I, can I tell you this? I'm like, sure. Well, you know how blah, blah, blah. And this, and you know, this person was dating that person. And I'm just like, okay, I just met you. I don't need to know your the whole relationship <laughs> right. triangle, which one day we are going to talk about relationships on this. Oh like, gosh. Yes. <laughs> that whole, oh my God. Yes. And it's like, oh, I didn't know they dated. Eating right. Popcorn. Right. Like, tell me more. And it's like, or or when you hear rumors about yourself or stuff that you did, I'm like, oh, please tell me more. (laughs) When did this happen? I I never did this. It's like my life that I hear of rumors is more interesting than the life I lead. Like the one time where um, one of our ex friends was like, Oh, I never went anywhere with them. I don't know who you're talking about. And like, we have photo evidence. <laughs> well, not of this only do person you, being with us. Well, not only do you have photo evidence, but you guys were roommates. <laughs> exactly. Like, girl, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I was oh sad when I heard that. I was like, What? And the best um, part is the girl that asked her about it, she was like, didn't you guys I, I saw photos of you guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Hmm. Uh, but, but I will say, I mean, I do love going back to communities and making right. a stigma went up. I do love Chicago for that reason. Um, Chicago has the nonprofit organization out here. Well, they have several nonprofit organizations, but the one that's uh, mostly specific is the one that uh, for it's okay to not be okay, which is called the hope of the day, you know, and all over Chicago, you see that it's okay to not be okay. Um, They also have a coffee bar called sip of hope where the workers some of the workers are actually licensed to help with, with mental health. So like you can go to a, that coffee bar and be like, look, I'm not okay. I need someone to hear me out. And someone will be there to hear you out. No appointment needed, no questions asked. They will be there to not judge you and to hear you out. You can also, you know, as Millie said, reach out to your unions. If you have one on your airlines, reach out to even your company's employee assistant program. Um, there's, you know, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that's available 24 hours. Yeah. Um, we also have the You Are Beautiful Project, which started in 2002, 
where all over the city, I don't know if you've seen it when you're here, but like it literally says, you are beautiful. I have seen it. I used to live by one of like back on the, when I was living in Chicago in Hyde Park, there's one right where I got off, you know, um, Lakeshore Drive. Uh, yeah. don't you ha- don't you have one on one of your um, I have it on my badge right I have it on my badge and I make sure although I'm not supposed to <laughs> I have it on my badge and I make sure that it's always facing people when they're coming on board just as a reminder like you are beautiful and then I'll have people saying that I like that or you they'll say it back to me and I'll be like no you're beautiful like you need to understand that because everybody needs to feel good about themselves Right. Because that's where right. it starts. Once you can feel good about yourself, you can tackle everything else, you know? And back right. to what you said, uh, the National Prevention Line uh, is always available 24 hours a day. The number is 1-800-273-8255. And as we know, it's September. Um, the month of September is for mental awareness, mental health, you know? So that's why I was like, also, we should definitely tackle this. Right. Because it is specific to this month. And it's very important to us. Right. And then, guys, the National Suicide Prevention Line is not only available for you to call, but you can also chat online. So log on to their website, which is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And again, they're available 24-7. It's free. It's confidential. And if you have any distress or you are going through any crisis, they will be more than happy to help you. I also believe that they are working on um, a specific number for you to call instead of calling the long number. Um, I saw it in the news recently where they're trying to like, you know how we have 911 and 311. They're trying to get a number set to them that will automatically call. So we can look forward for that in the future as well um for everybody i'm also gonna put in the episode notes a link for the top 10 suicide prevention organization and resources so it'll have um you know the american foundation for suicide prevention the national institute institute of mental health uh the society for prevention of teen suicide so there's a whole bunch of other organizations out there that are helping that want to help and it's all available for everyone and don't be afraid to reach out to someone don't feel ashamed that you are feeling we will like millie and i will understand but everybody will understand i feel like at this point everyone would be more than happy to help you exactly than not help you Exactly. This stigma needs to go away. It's okay to not be okay. So all that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to our favorite part of the episode. Thank Yay, Gally <laughs> Today's story comes from KB at the new U.S. Airways. She tells us about her recent experience with the pandemic. I am a very fantastic F.A., as we all say. I was the lead, my number two and my number four, which is the FAs that work in an economy were telling me that this one guy was not having it with the mask. They both were walking up and down the aisles telling people to put their mask on, which personally, I don't feel like that's right if you decide to wake someone up 
but I can't have these people breaking the rules. As I reminded myself about how much I love my job, I met up with this man. I already knew he wasn't going to listen to me from his body language. So I told him, sir, the crew and myself have reminded you of our policy multiple times, which you failed to listen to. I have to let you know that when we get to the gate, I will be speaking to the captain and any future travel will be suspended. This man, a dead ass, looked me in the eye and said, yeah, not yes, or I understand, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have never wanted to punch someone in the liver till today. <laughs> <laughs> I was being so nice, too, for crying out loud. Why are you mean to me? When I spoke to the GA about it, she was like, nah, homie, bet. Cut him out with the quickness <laughs> on the no-fly list now. Now I got an email saying I have to write a report. I despise those things. This is not what I signed up for. Just kidding. I hope he chokes on his cornmeal. Or is Snuck paying $3 for water? He is an asshole. The best in the industry. Sincerely, KB. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah. I hope he hasn't paid $3 for water. <laughs> well, you know that's a shout out to the yellow bird. Cause hey, it is. It is. <laughs> or it could be uh, animal tails. <laughs> True. True that. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, it's always uh, good to end on a light note. It so. is. It is. Uh, you know, you always have to bring some light into it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Millie, what are you doing this weekend? Me? Um, I have nothing. Actually, you know what? I am playing top golf. Fun. Since I can't play golf anymore. Because the season's over. Oh. It's going to start snowing. So. You know, I have a I have a Denver layover later in the month, or at, you know, at the end of this month, because we're almost yeah. done. Um, and Denver is gonna have you know 40, 40, 40 degree weather and twenty. And I mean, they they just had a couple of weeks ago snow, right? Really? So, oh yeah, I yeah. saw it. I saw it when we were flying over. I was like, it already snowed out here. Why? Yeah. I don't so. want it to snow in Chicago yet. No, stay away. Mm -hmm. I know, it's crazy. I have Myrtle Beach at the end of this month, and I have like 35 hours there. I'm like low-key, high-key about to bring my golf clubs. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I can't. I'm going to trouble. <laughs> People have brought their skateboards, snowboards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't. Why? Dad with a dog. Right? <laughs> Somebody tried to bring in their cat too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, no, no. I'll be I'll be in Florida. You'll be in Florida. Couple of, Florida. Couple of days. Down there um, at the Epic Center. <laughs> right. I'm gonna stay in my room, possibly go to the pool and swim. We'll you see. You always go to Cooper Hawk. True too. There's too. Cooper Hawk right next to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, 
nope, nothing, nothing besides Aww. work as always. And, you know, I, I feel like I should chill it because as I told you a couple of days ago, yeah. I did not pass my recurrent my first day. I had to go back. I know. I was like, she better go back and fly. I need her to fly. I need I you to fly. <laughs> so see, guys, stress comes out when you don't you don't see it i was so confident God. that i was gonna pass my my test recurrent is like a whole different level of stress because recurrent is like for some airlines it's very lenient but for us at least at our airline it's like either you keep your job or you lose your job, lose job. <laughs> well you know i was told by one of the instructors that ours is so rigid because of the faa rules that has for us specifically so that's because they hate us but it's okay <laughs> but hey it makes us one of the safest airlines in the world so I'm it okay. really does so um other than that nothing i just you know fly yeah i have vacation it. next month so i'm looking forward to that too whoop, whoop. not going anywhere though <laughs> vacation at home yes vacation at home and sleep because i need sleep <laughs> i literally came back from michigan yesterday and like although it was like less than driving to detroit mm-hmm. a lot less than driving to detroit i literally came home and i like died on my couch like right. that's it I'm done I mean, sometimes you can only make it to your couch yeah <laughs> not even the bed <laughs> Um, that's it, I think. What do you want to talk yeah. about next week? We're going to be talking about non-revving. Ooh, fun topic. You get Educate to hear... some of these people that don't know how to. <laughs> and you get to hear Millie's and I antics in London, Paris, and... Oh, God. <laughs> Florence. <laughs> Those were fun trips. Anyway. Anyway. I'll see you guys next time. And as always, remember... Don't forget to bid, check on your crews, and reach out if you need help. Yeah. Stay safe, fly safe. Fly safe. All right. Bye. Bye.